Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is Ify Abekwe, a speaker and principal attorney of Abekwe Law, a law firm specializing in wills and trusts to activate people taking agency over their lives and building impactful legacies. Today, Ify and I discuss how growing up in the Middle East for nearly a decade broadened and shaped her cultural thinking personally and professionally. We also chat about why she and her family moved from one of the fastest growing cities in the U.S., Austin, Texas, to Bentonville, Arkansas, the birthplace of retailer Walmart. In addition, Ify discusses how her estate planning business uses city and state geo-service domains to grow its footprint pre and post COVID. And last but not least, Ify shares how Texas is opening the door for lawyers to use trade names, likely positively impacting keyword and geo-service domain owners and investors. So with that, Ify, welcome and thank you for making time to join us today. Thank you for having me on, Alvin. I'm happy to be here. Yes, yes. And so for most of you that don't know Ify, um, actually, Ify and I, we go back a ways. Our, our paths cross in multiple ways. Most recently, or, or probably most known by in terms of our church connection. So uh, we actually attended the same church, Mosaic Church here in Austin, Texas. Yeah. But then somebody went and moved on us. Yes. COVID move. <laughs> COVID I'm one move. Of the, I'm one of those COVID movers moving to small towns. Like <laughs> if I have to be at home all the time, why do I have to be at home here? That is true. So if you to kick things off, I guess briefly share at a high level with our listeners, just a bit about yourself, you know, who you are, your personal and professional background. Sure. My name is Ify Abekwe. I am a wife, a mom of four kids, and I own an estate planning practice. I'm an avid gardener and mountain biker. And yeah, I'm wow. growing, some, growing some tomatoes. I'm really so into that right now. <laughs> so now, now that that's an interesting one. So I'm I'm into landscaping, into gardening, all that good stuff. And so I like, how did you get into to gardening? So about four years ago, I got fired from my job. And it was the first time that I had ever been fired or had not worked in 11 straight years as a lawyer. So I went into a real big funk and I got a great severance, talked to some marriage mentors and they recommended I take a month off. And I had my kids in preschool. My husband was at work and I was just at home and all my friends were working women. And so I didn't have a community of moms or anything. Um, and so one of the things I started doing was going on walks and I really liked not having anything to do. And then I thought, I bet I could grow some stuff. <laughs> started <laughs> putting plants in the ground and thousands of dollars later, I'm still doing that. So. Wow. And so like, how, how big is your garden today? Oh, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I have two raised beds. I'm in this, the town that I moved to, they have a composting facility, which yeah. for gardeners, first of all, there's free compost. Okay. You could just go load up a trailer, come put it out here. So I'm thinking of starting another bed this weekend, but right now I have some asparagus go growing, carrots, spinach, Brussels sprouts, tomatoes, peas, cucumbers, just anything my kids will eat. I will grow it. But so that far, we've been awesome. really enjoying the asparagus that whoever owned the house before us put in because asparagus takes about three years to establish. But wow. yeah, it's it's pretty big. It's a lot of food. 
Yeah, because I, I think I read somewhere it was something like for a family of either four or five, it's roughly around about 200 square feet. A garden could feed that family for an entire year. Probably is, so, depending on it, w- when you're growing and what you're growing, for right, sure. Because right. you could grow potatoes in a five-gallon bucket and get a ton of potatoes. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you can also plant a lot in a condensed space. So there are a lot of people who don't have the space to have 200 square feet, but you right. can get a lot of supplement. I have some lettuce growing right now, mixed greens, and that's the kind of stuff that you can you can rip off for a salad and it'll just keep growing through the season. And it's pretty hardy through cold weather and warm weather, depending on the variety. So yeah, it's something I think more people should do. It's very satisfying. And I, I will say this, like the vegetables just taste different than store-bought veggies. So fresh. It's delicious. Yeah. I can't wait till these carrots are ready. I, I, I've i never grown carrots before and they <laughs> just have a will to live. I'm in Bentonville, Arkansas, which is in Northwest Arkansas, right by Missouri. And we had snow two weeks ago and I was, I'm like, everything's going to die. I already put it in the ground too early. And these <laughs> carrots, this lettuce, they were like, no, we're good. And I started from seed too. So I'm oh, wow. really excited. Yeah. Wow. Stuff just grows. Mm-hmm. Trucking right along. I didn't realize uh, that far up, uh, I guess, in Arkansas. Well, wait a minute. Bentonville, isn't that like the home of Walmart? Oh, yes. Bentonville is the home of the Walton. So I say it's a small town, but it's a very small, wealthy town, if that makes ah, sense. There's a it. lot of uh, executive, corporate executive money here. And um, and so it brings a lot of international, just people from all over the world come here because they're, of their ties to Walmart. So it's very cool. Interesting. I thought you were going to tell me a story because when I heard you guys moved, what was interesting to me, I was like, this had to be a game of darts of (laughs) put it, put a, put a map on the wall. Let's just throw some darts. Kids, we're going to, you know, whoever throws the last dart, wherever it lands, that's where we're going. Bentonville, Arkansas, here we come. Not at all. Not at all. So how did this go down? I mean, we had been in our house for months literally with nowhere to go for the kids except the backyard. And that's it because we weren't taking them anywhere. The parks were closed. Playgrounds were closed. School was closed. They couldn't even go to the library, HEB across the street for groceries. We were having everything delivered. And we also didn't know what the nature of the virus was doing. We really didn't at the beginning. So I had a baby first week of March, (laughs) second week of March, Austin shut down everything. (laughs) I had three other children appear during my maternity leave, which was very unexpected. (laughs) One of my friends moved up here from Round Rock about a year ago. Well, not now, probably about two years now. And she kept saying, you should come visit us. You should come visit us. I have an Airbnb. She runs Airbnbs. Come. We have a pool. You can just stay at the house. You don't have to go anywhere. So I said, okay, let's just go. We went, it was July, 80, low 80s, beautiful sun. We're in the Ozark Mountains. Everything grows here. Flowers, just a pace. We have a town square. We don't even have a downtown. And I was like, what is this magical place? (laughs) And everywhere we went, people said, oh, our schools here are excellent. You should move here. You should move here. You should move here. And I'm like, I'm not moving to Arkansas. That sounds insane. (laughs) But this part of Arkansas is absolutely aligned to what we want as a family, we want space and a, uh, and not to just be stuck in the hustle and the bustle. Right. And the way I set up my business, I didn't have to go to the office because I've replicated myself and I have a team and we have systems and processes all in place. So I wasn't needed on the ground. 
And so we said, if we sell our house in Austin, which is obvious, we'll sell, uh, <laughs> we'll move here. House sold and we moved in November. So darn prayers didn't work on our side then. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't tell many people because we didn't know if it would work. Right. So that is awesome. So, let, so let's go back then. Because one thing that you said that kind of struck me as odd or rather intriguing was the fact that you said you got fired. Oh, yeah. I so did. like. I guess now, have you always wanted to be in law or just, you know, like, how did you land into this whole estate planning business? And like, where did you get roots from in terms of college, high school, interests? So I grew up in the Middle East. I grew up in Dubai and Doha. Get out of here. And Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Yes. No way. Oh, way. (laughs) I was born in Nigeria. And then when I was five, we moved to Dubai. So this is predates cool Dubai. I'm talking about desert Dubai, um, like back in 1986. Wow. And so I always grew up overseas because my dad uh, was a pediatric radiologist and he used to teach at medical schools in the Middle East. So I, I lived there for about seven and a half years, best seven and a half years of my life, uh, of my childhood. I loved it. I, I still have friends from those days. But um while growing up, I always wanted to be a doctor because a lot of my friend's dad's were doctors uh-huh. or, or moms. And I just thought, yeah, I could be a doctor. Sure. My dad's a doctor. I know a bunch of doctors. I'll just do that. And so <laughs> from childhood, I just was going to be a doctor. Went to the University of Texas when we finally moved to the U.S. and was doing all the pre-med stuff, got to my junior year. Then 9-11 happened. Oh, wow. And I realized that I didn't want to do medicine if the world was coming to an end because <laughs> I didn't enjoy the classes. I'm more of a creative person. Actually, I think I'm just entrepreneurial, but I hadn't really had an opportunity to develop that part. And so I changed my major to creative advertising. Then they were telling us how advertising gets cut. So I was like, I'm risk averse. <laughs> At that point, I would consider myself, I'm not risk averse right now. But my brother said, hey, you left to argue. Why don't you become a judge? And I was like, oh, what does it take to be a judge? Nothing. You just take an exam, sign me up. And so that's how I ended up in law school, took the LSAT, went to the University of Texas, for law school in Austin and wanted to do education law because it sounded like helping. Right. So that's what I started out my career doing education law for the first 11 years that I practiced all the way up to 2000. And gosh, what year was that? I can't even do the math when I started this business, but (laughs) until 2017. So I graduated in 06 until 2017, I did education law. One thing that you said that kind of struck me was the fact of moving um, from Dubai to the States. Like, what was that like in terms culturally? So first we went to Dubai, then we went to Dubai's in the United Arab Emirates, then we went to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and then we went to Doha, Qatar, which is where I lived the longest for four and a half years. And then we moved to the States when I was 11. And what I would have to say about moving to the States is how insular people were. I couldn't believe that people had just gone to school in the same town their whole lives. That to me was beyond (laughs) anything I was exposed to. I couldn't believe that people didn't travel outside of the United States. And of course, there's so many layers to why that's not always possible, but also had no desire to no other cultures (laughs) and other things. To me, that's always strange and will always be strange because I'm 
I'm a naturalized American citizen and I just see so much of the world outside of America right. as a norm, which probably comes off <laughs> sometimes not the best way, but it's <laughs> it's just shocking to me. So by 11, I already knew. I was like, oh my gosh, they don't even know where other countries are. And that was yeah. shocking to me, moving to Sugarland, Texas, <laughs> and then being like, I just moved here from Doha. And people are like, who, what are you? You know, like, what <laughs> nonsense is this? Why aren't you like regular Black people? And so why is your what name so weird? That? What rock was that that you I come know. from? Under? <laughs> it seems like I just came from outer space. And so it was a, a big culture shock. And it was also shocking how divided people are by race here. Mm. Like people definitely know their caste and stay within it. Whereas when you are an expat with a bunch of people from all over the world, you just make friends with those you connect with and you right. find a lot more communal doing life together because you don't always have the luxury of finding your own people that look like you from your culture, from your language. So. Wow. That kind of set the stage for you then in terms of just uh, a bit of what you do today, because obviously you can't necessarily be narrow in scope in terms of uh, estate planning because it covers quite a lot, right? I mean, well, yes, but I am narrow in scope in the type of estate planning that I do. I ended up doing, and you asked, how did I end up? And I didn't answer your question, becoming <laughs> an estate planner. Well, when I was on my hiatus from working, when I still had my kids in daycare, so I'd I'd never stayed home with kids. So I'm like, well, we can pay so they can do something. I don't really have anything to do with them all day. I have learned so much since. But one of the moms at Pickup was a financial planner, and she asked if I did wills. And I'm like, I don't know anything about estate planning in my head. But she told me that the guy who was creating wills for their company, they were basically referring business to him, was putting the wrong names on wills. And I thought, what? Yeah. I already know I can do better than that. I mean, I don't know anything about wills, but I know that's not going to happen on my watch. And so that was the catalyst for picking this area of the law, because at the beginning, I would just take whoever came through the door. Uh, sure, I'll do that. Uh, you want this? Absolutely, I'll do that. And so that was really beneficial. And even in learning, going deeper in estate planning, like you said, there's a breadth of areas, elder law, special needs, you have probate. So when right. someone dies, just regular estate planning, high net worth individuals. So there's so much. And, and what I've decided to do is just go into the planning aspect. And when it's an issue that has to do with elder law and it's outside of my scope, I'm very good at referring out. I like to work with families and go deeper in the planning for their, whether they want to do trusts or wills and make sure that they comprehensively have protected their entire family. So there's so much to go deeper and deeper within before you have to feel like you have to do everything. Because mm -hmm. I think niching down and finding the parts you like makes the day-to-day -day much easier. And it's easier to systematize when you know these are the components we need, here are the different factors, and here's you know the conversation we need to have to be able to create an estate plan that works for my client. Interesting. Now, when did you know, yeah, this is what I want to do? Like, did you try it out first for a little bit just to be like, uh, let's just see where this goes before you just went full fledged on with website and everything? Oh, like, yeah. Kind of walk us through that. So when I started, I had friends say, you know, you can start your own firm. And I always had the idea that uh, that's like if you can't find a job. And <laughs> so that's not for me. I can find a job. And so after I had applied for a couple of jobs and been 
the top candidate or top two and not getting and not gotten it, <laughs> I just decided I'm going to try because I was going to leave the entire practice of law. I was like, clearly nobody wants to hire me. I got fired because nobody wants me and I'm not good anymore. So I'm throwing away this legal degree. And my husband was like, uh, just try and get a client. <laughs> and I was like, I cannot get a client. Nobody wants to hire me. And um, I had a friend who told me what components I needed to start a firm. I had to do four things like get insurance, you know, set up a bank account, a trust right. account, all these little things, like four things. And I'm like, oh, it's so much work. And then I did them and I was like, oh, well, let me see if I can get a client. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I got a client and she paid me and I was like, oh, I like this. <laughs> Let me see if I can get another client. And when I started, again, that spaghetti on the wall, I do school law, I can do business contracts. And that's what I started with was with what I knew because I had done education law and I'd done in-house doing contract review and things like that for years. And I started off like that. But when I got that gig with a regular uh, referral business for estate planning, I just got better at it and wow. thought and thought I got to raise my rates because <laughs> <In fact, laughs> I felt like I was giving them too much for right. the for the amount that they were giving me and just built my muscle and decided I'm not going to do school law anymore. I don't really enjoy that. I don't want to do business except very little, maybe LLC formations, but I don't want to do that. And I just started referring out the stuff because I really enjoyed how people feel when they are planning. No one's died. They just want to get things in order. That felt aligned. And I just went for that. And now that's what you, I do. Now, when you say getting things in order, so like I know for this audience, in terms of our listeners here, when we hear estate planning, we probably start thinking about the simple things in life of bank accounts, houses, cars, like help us understand truly what is estate planning and what does it entail? That's a really good question. I think people have so many misconceptions about estate planning because I think the word estate Mm -hmm. automatically makes people feel like that's not for me. I'm not a Hilton. I like to use the Hilton <laughs> example, right? I'm not a Rockefeller. I don't have estates. It just sounds like land and manners and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I always use the Scrooge McDuck swimming through gold <laughs> coins if right. you're a DuckTales fan. And really the way to think about it is that each of us has an estate, Right. A state not only has to do with your assets, but it has to do with your health. So part of estate planning means making healthcare related decisions. Who would take over for you if you were incapacitated? Mm. What would happen if you wanted somebody to make a medical decision about this or that? There are ways to plan for that. And that's what I do. I make sure that people have their health wishes and their agency intact with estate planning. Estate, plan also estate planning also has to do with if you look around your room and you see all the stuff around you, who's going to handle that? Even if you're renting, right? Who is going to be in charge of closing down your life? And how can you make it as easy as possible for whoever you choose, right? Write it down. Who's going to know that you have thousands of domains? Right. If you were to pass away, who's taking over all of that? That is that is a huge asset. Have you planned for that? Do they know how to get access to it? How would they get access to it? That's part of estate planning because we own so much that's now just in the cloud. 
Right. That we've never told people. I would never know until you told me I have over 2,000 domains. Right. That's a huge amount of money that has to be planned for because it's not automatically going to go where you want it to go. Right. You know, chances are it would just be what it is unattainable, right? Unless someone has access to that. And estate planning allows you to put those sorts of things in order so that you can have people help you and have a manual for taking care of you and your kids. Right. Definitely. Now, let me ask you this, because it it gets really interesting that now that we're, uh, you know, in the industrial age, it was probably more about the actual tangible items in terms of estate planning. But in the information age, like how does it impact the overall estate planning in terms of you needing to plan for just digital assets that that you all know? So like, you know, you think about social media influencers whose accounts, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all these things, are that's like liquid gold. Uh, yeah. you know, for some of them. And so it's like, okay, well, are you seeing that you're having to plan for a little bit more of that? Obviously, the common person, probably not so much, but should you also include, you know, digital assets? And yeah, absolutely. That platforms? is part of estate planning. Now, even within wills, you'll see that. So when you have a will, you have an executor appointed or a trustee, depending on if you do a trust and don't want to go through the court system. And that way you have someone who's been going to be given authority to manage those things for you. And on top of that, you, you will have to let people know this is where all my stuff is. So I don't know your bank accounts. You know, your wife may not know all of your assets, even if it's not like you're hiding it, but just practically. Right. How do you start to keep those things together? When you go through the estate planning process, you need to start thinking about that, but also communicating to the people that you are appointing as your appoint people. I have this. Oh, I didn't tell you, but I also own this over here. And mm-hmm. finding ways to document that, not necessarily within your estate plan, but in uh, there are all sorts of emergency binder kits that you can get on Amazon or on the internet or in Etsy, honestly, where you can start writing down this information so that you have accompanying information and you know, I need to contact this bank and I need to contact this and provide a death certificate so that I can take over this or shut it down. Mm-hmm. Because you've seen what happens sometimes. I think Facebook has gotten better about memorializing accounts and Instagram right. as well. But before it would just be up. And people were like, I am so sorry, you're no longer here. It was awkward. Yes. And so there are so many ways to go around that. And, but one of the ways that people you know, can do that is designate it within that actual platform. If there's a beneficiary on an account, for example, this is why I don't like Robinhood because you can't put a beneficiary on it. But if you're doing you know, Ameritrade or something, there are ways to pass on assets by just making sure your beneficiary is designated and making sure that um, it's not a minor person right. that you put on there. But for digital, any other sorts of e-accounts, that can be handled that way. Gotcha. Yeah, because I know, uh, so Mal's on mine, and most importantly, <laughs> like, knows all of the account managers for the different accounts that I have as in regards to domains. Um, and obviously, most of those domains are associated with an LLC. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that for our listeners... 
I think when most domain investors, brokers, uh, monetizers, developers get into it, oftentimes they're just kind of dabbling, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. It's almost like a hobby to a certain extent and very much like in any business. In most cases, most people will start out and they'll dabble and they may not get the appropriate structure in place. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, talk a little bit about that, like the dangers of not having the appropriate structure and what could happen should the unfortunate, you know, untimely death happen and you don't necessarily have things uh, associated with an LLC or an S Corp or you're just out there on a DBA. Yeah. I mean, if you wind back to the LLC part, you said some of it is owned by an LLC. On top of that, a lot of people will file for an LLC, and that's a way to protect your personal assets mm-hmm. from your business assets and take things out of the title in your name, which is right. a great tool. But what they'll do is they'll just file it, but they'll never do any of the corporate documents. So they won't right. have any, what happens if you're incapacitated? What about winding down? Are there, is there a buy-sell agreement? Right. Um, and what do you want to happen if something happens to you? Business succession. Most businesses have no business succession plan. So that's a problem. And then the other thing is when you just have things everywhere, but it's just in your head, how is anyone going to know? And who's got the time to do that kind of forensic work if maybe they can't even get into your email? Right. Right. Where they could even search and see maybe this is something that I should. But who has the time for that? Who do you want to give that to while they're grieving? Right. That's a whole job, first of all. And and for anyone listening who's serious about what they're doing and has assets, you have to find a way to pass them on or to do something with them, wind it down, sell it and distribute it, whatever you want to do. But you have to do something and, and document it so that you're you are aware that it's going here. Right. right. Or that, and especially if you have partners, you know, people just say, oh, my, I, I wanted to go to my wife. Well, do they want to work with your business partner? Is that going to work? And is, <laughs> is that part of your agreement? And they're like, oh, we don't really have an agreement. We just have a shared bank account. Well, have you talked about what would happen, right, to that asset? What if it you start now and you're like, yeah, we got a couple thousand dollars, but what if you get a huge contract and now you're right. worth a million dollars? You have no plan. Fundamentally, whether it's your personal life or your business, you have to have a plan and document where you keep your assets so that whoever is going to help you knows how to find it. Now, let me ask you something, just kind of changing gears here for, for a minute. So, In terms of you starting your law firm, obviously you chose to go with your name pluslaw.com. Like walk us through your, I guess, the mental gymnastics when you said, hey, nobody wants me. I'm going full time on my own. Hey, we're going to make it rain somehow, some way. So walk us through like, what was your mental gymnastics in terms of choosing your brand, your name to represent yourself online? Well, it's easy for lawyers. You have to use your name as the name of a law firm. Ah. And that's a non-negotiable, although there has just been a, we have just had a vote where we're going to allow trade names in Texas for lawyers. So watch out. It's all about to change from, you know, Ramirez and Jones to truck driver incident lawyer or whatever other states are doing. I think Texas and one other state 
are the only holdouts for trade names. Yeah, so that's changing. We're actually about to see a whole change or you'll no longer see law firm names. When it comes to the domain, I just don't think I was informed enough about how to get domains. And so I knew that one would be available. And all the other ones I thought of, like, I wasn't set on estate planning when I started. I was just setting up a law firm. And so there's so many things I would do differently knowing what I know now. And one of the ways you've helped me out and that I've started to look at is having other sites point to mine. So if I'm writing something, it's just willsintexas.com or trustintexas.com. I've been finding other ways. Like If they want a trust attorney, I'll say, yeah, you can find me at trustsintexas.com and put that in there and it'll populate the site. And that has been really helpful because I'm in a lot of lawyer groups where people are often looking for referrals. And because people have started being more familiar with my willsintexas.com, they start putting it in there. And so that's an, another benefit. If they wow. remember, right, and they don't have to say, how do you spell it back way again? And um, I know it's going to get to me. And so those are the sorts of things I've started doing just by typing something much easier in there. And I, I don't want to change it because I've I built a lot of SEO. I'm not sure how that would affect it if I changed right. it. Plus, I'm expanding to Arkansas and, and other states in the future. And I want to make sure that if I do a trade name, it's maybe something I can use everywhere. And Ibequay Law might be the easiest to point various things to. So. Totally. Totally. No, that makes sense. I didn't realize that, though, that Prior to, I guess, just this new finding in terms of being able to use trait names, I did not realize, which now, hindsight, looking backwards, it does make sense why yes. you would see something like Brown Thompson Law. I know, or, and it's a terrible for a name. Yeah. But just think about all the terrible lawyer names that you've seen in Texas. It's because there's a finite creativity, first of all, and then some of the really good ones are taken. Mm. And then people have to have their firm name. And I've even had, uh, <laughs> I was talking to a friend about this yesterday and she had another lawyer report because her trade name or their, you can use a domain name that's like a trade name. Mm-hmm. And they had put it on the site, but they said it was bigger than the actual lawyer's names. And so they filed a complaint. They had to pay a $150 fine to the state bar and make their trade name smaller and their law firm owner's name is bigger so that it wasn't confusing the public. It's the dumbest thing ever, but it's going away. The lawyers are very petty too. Hold on. Wait a minute. Like, how does that, they had to pay a fine? Oh yeah. They pay because someone has to review it and say, yep, your font is too big and it's confusing. And they think that that trade name is your law firm name. You need to make your law firm name bigger and that'll cost you $150. But the petty part is somebody saw that and reported them. That's the, well, that's the you other side of this. not have enough business. But do you know what I mean? So I think there's about to be a mad dash for all kinds of, you know, Texas bike babe law. I mean, I can only right. imagine. Right. <laughs> now, I guess now in, in terms of you and, and kind of already knowing that you have a jump to uh, to a certain extent in terms of your area of expertise, like what does that mean for you? And have you started looking at 
other abbreviations, alternatives, variations? Oh, yes, for sure. I've already thought of what I want for Northwest Arkansas. It's actually available. I need to just buy it. I yeah, you better buy it before this goes live. Well, <laughs> well, I would never say it on here, but I already own a lot of domains. I realize that because every so often I'll re-up. I'm like, why? I own like 12 domains. <laughs> I used to do baking on the side. So I have this baking, iffy sweets and treats. And it's a website that's still up. I still pay for it. And I'm just like, why am I still holding on to that 10 years later? No one's ever going to come for that. But it's sentimental because it hosts my my website, my first foray into entrepreneurial wow. endeavors. But yes, I do. I end up thinking, oh, that's a great name. I'm going to buy it. And I wonder, you know, now that you don't sit on domains, I'm like, you know, I should put that out there and see if somebody wants that or maybe I should use that as my domain for my trade name now that I can say something more yeah you know yeah yeah because one of the one of the things is and because I like the the fact and I think that's what tipped me off was that I had, was looking on LinkedIn one day and I saw you had an image and in the image it did say willsintexas.com mm -hmm. and I was like ah, okay that's clever. And so when I think about that, I'm like, man, that's Wills in Texas. And Texas is a lar very large state. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just start thinking about how many people would actually type in something like that, even if they were just on a whim, just trying to search. And so you start thinking about state names, city names, county names. Yes. Um, and I've even seen some go as far as like zip code, which I'm like, man, that's that's kind of crazy lawyers pay so much money for this stuff wow you know they really do i would sell my domain too if somebody you know because <laughs> it acts uh, the reason i got it is because some guy had it went on the wayback machine to see the origin yeah. of it and i was like whoa somebody had this for a long time that's why it wasn't available when i started and so just checking even periodically to see who's lapsing on their great name and people pitch me all the time to sell me domain names on my website. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's a thing, but it's like specific to estate planning lawyers. They'll say oh, yeah. ATX, blah, 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 blah. Do you want it? You can have it for $750. And they're yeah. actively pitching. And if I didn't have a good one, I would. Exactly. And so then you're so you're looking to expand now. Obviously, you started the the practice here in Texas. But then how did you make that transition to Arkansas? Oh, well, I'm still doing the transition to Arkansas. So um, with a lot of lawyers, when you've practiced as long as I have, you don't have to take the bar exam anymore. You basically prove that you are in good standing in a state of your origin or any state and that you went to school and you were in good standing in school and that you're in good standing with the Texas State Supreme Court or whatever the rules are. And then you pay an application fee and you get the FBI to come fingerprint you. And then if oh, they wow. approve everything you become a lawyer in the new state. So for about $1,500, I can become a lawyer in Arkansas. And then my goal is to basically replicate my model in Texas and Arkansas. And so how big, how big is your team? We have a team of five. I have one lawyer, paralegal slash admin. I have a marketing intern from the UT PR school and she does all of my social media. I don't, so anything you see on LinkedIn, why, which is why you might say, you saw this. I'm like, I just don't sign on, <laughs> but she does everything for me unless I am literally doing a personal post. And even then, sometimes she will post it for me. And then I have a uh, operations director 
who does all of our strategic planning for the year. And I'm about to bring on a fractional financial office CFO to help with just some revenue goals and some reserve and more projections for for growth financially. Interesting. But he's not an employee. He's just a contractor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Ify, so how has domains, like, I guess, changed your business or changed the way you do business? Oh, man, domains are so cool. I'm, I mean, before we started recording, we were talking about how many you own. And I'm, I'm thinking, I always come up with great ideas. Maybe I should start <laughs> sitting on some domains myself, <laughs> start an LLC just for my domains <laughs> or, or just own them, right? Um, Ify's so domains. That's right. Ify's domains, LLC. Texas-based limited liability company. I I love the idea of using domains because I think with longevity, that could also aid in their SEO when people are searching. And so if you can think of ways to have a concise and an actionable domain name, and sometimes it's just a matter of thinking through, how can I set this up? And there's so many great websites for it, apparently, where you could find, like, I want something within eight. I want it to have these words in it. And they could do a lot of generators and let you know what's taken. I don't think people take the time to really research and see the possibilities because even if you don't need it, you could sell it. And if you think about the things that are very popular right now, if someone is searching for something on Bitcoin or someone's searching for something about pets, think about all the people who are coming up with ideas that might think, oh, that would be a great domain to have and how you could use that to monetize. I just think that it's a, it's just a great tool, especially for someone like me where my name is not, is, it can be a barrier if you're trying to refer business to me. Mm. I don't, is it an E? How do you spell it? Versus if I can tell you a, a very short domain that you can remember or over the phone, willsintexas.com, right? It'll take you straight to my website. You don't have to worry about I, B as in boy, E, K as in kite. I used to do that all the time. And now I'm like, oh, go to Wills with an S in Texas.com and you can find me or trust with an S in Texas.com and you can find me there too. And so it's a, it's a game changer. Like, do you do any um, billboard advertising or no? I don't, but I've had friends who've done it who haven't had the best return in their billboard advertising. Although I feel like I would be good on a billboard. I mean, that sounds really vain. <laughs> no, I think you would be. I really do too. Cause it's like Wills in Texas, come on and have like a catchy right. image and what we do and totally. how estate planning is for everyone. I, I could just see that. You know how you drive and you see all the personal injury people up all yeah. over the South. They don't just stay in Texas. You're like Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia. And it's the same Dudley. DeBosier or whomever, that's what they <laughs> right. do because then you call and and it's a centralized thing. So yeah. What are your thoughts on billboards? So so it's interesting because that that now that you mentioned that, and then it was the that first notion of you know of uh trademark or trade names now becoming available or acceptable in terms of being able to do to use them. And when, because I would just sometimes cringe when I would pass a billboard and it would be like, you know, Thompson Wayne LLC. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no. No one remembers that. Nobody's going to remember that, especially driving 75 (laughs) miles an hour and just try not to get hit. Right. If I look to my right and there's a face, I can make a connection with the face, but then I make a connection just with the domain name itself, wilsontexas.com. 
like that sticks. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I just often sometimes just go, man, like if you're going to pay that much money for billboard advertising, like if you had to choose between a telephone number and a domain name, I'm like, I'm going all the way domain name. Because they're going to put that in right there and go in the car while they're a passenger. Right. And 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 it actually makes me think about the one I need to buy for Arkansas. I'm going to do it right after this call and (laughs) add it to my list because it is such a good domain. Like the letters, it's just eight letters. Yeah. Yeah. And so easy to remember. And that's the thing to me that, you know, that makes me sometimes, which I get it because while this is my business in terms of domain investing, developing, um, and even brokering, you know, when I look at billboards, I'm just like, nobody's going to remember a 10 digit phone number. Like no. it, they're just not going to do that, you know, going that fast. And then it's like, uh, well, they can take a picture of it. Well, Maybe. they shouldn't be trying to take pictures while they're driving number one, but right. you know, the other side of that is just, no, it, it makes it a lot easier just to be able to remember a domain name. So if I saw your picture and a domain name and likely, you know, just what, what is your business in a mm-hmm. simple form of, you know, estate planning, willsintexas.com picture. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm like, you're golden. Cause I go around all the time, just taking pictures of just domains that I just go, you know what? I, no. I it makes, I literally, I want to get out of the, out of the car <laughs> and knock on the window. Hey, this is horrible. Not good. Yes. <laughs> Well, you should do that. That should that would be a great side hustle to just hit people up and say, "Look, I saw your domain. It's not good. Here's what I have. What it would yeah. be better, yeah, you know." And just point them to that, and they can use it. I already thought about what I want to do for the billboard because there's a a billboard here in Arkansas, and it's uh, I don't even know what they do, but it's two <laughs> lawyers, and they're a little goofy looking. I hope they're not listening. And it's <laughs> they say something. It's a play on the dosa keys most uh, interesting man so they call yeah. themselves the most interesting lawyers <laughs> i don't even know what they sell but i know their billboard and i also know that if i were to to google most interesting lawyers arkansas they'd yeah. come up so sometimes it doesn't i don't know anything about where they're located what right. their phone number is whether they do what type of law i'm just like wow that's very effective because i'm looking and i'm like this is corny but i know i remember it my husband's even brought it up and i'm like i know exactly what you're talking about yeah so exactly. it works exactly exactly i'm like most billboards i tell people keep it simple mm-hmm. like just keep it simple and sheer nature so it's a, yeah. it, it should serve you well i'm like man if you're going to be willing to pay five hundred thousand dollars a month make right. it good like make it really good, good and make it count. Yes. That's make a it good great idea. I should do one for Austin and one for out here too. See, I, I'm really you. like, oh, I think I might try that. Let's see how much <laughs> that costs. Oh my goodness. So then wrapping up, like what would your advice be? Um, knowing the journey that you've had thus far, like what would your advice be to someone who is likely listen to this and they're thinking about stepping into the lane of being an entrepreneur. Like what would you, what would your advice be to them? I think that if you are thinking, can I do it? Should I do it? It, if you're someone who doesn't feel comfortable taking risks, it's going to be uncomfortable. But if you're (laughs) someone who naturally enjoys "Mm, what, what could happen, right? Maybe I succeed. Maybe I don't but give yourself the, the, the space to try. 
it can be the most rewarding type of work ever. You just have to be creative. You got to find your people. Not everyone is going to come along with you. You don't have to share everything with everyone. I like to use the analogy. If you have an idea, you don't want to shop it around because it's like planting a little seed and you have a germinating plant. You're not going to have everyone come out and walk all over that, right? You're going to nurture it. You're going to think about what the best sun situation for it then you probably want to take it out of a little planter and put it into the dirt and make sure the soil is good and and grow that. That's how entrepreneurship is. It's not a a sure thing that that plant's going to happen, but you will start to take the steps to make sure that it grows. And part of that is protecting it and not crowdsourcing (laughs) because people will trample on your plant. And even in my um, experience, when I started out, my friends you know, my family thought I was losing it. They're like, why are you doing this? You're a lawyer. You can just go get a job. (laughs) You pay you. Why do you want to create something? But I want to be an owner. I want, I want acreage. I want land. I mean, I want my own place and a legacy like that. So if that's something that appeals to you, go for it. Why not try? Ownership is everything. Absolutely. Ownership is everything. No, I, I definitely agree. And so, like, for for our listeners who ha- have heard, they've, they've heard from you, and let's say they have questions just about estate planning, whether that, that be, hey, they want to do something with their domain names, or mm-hmm. just even in general, just to want to know more about estate planning, or even take the next steps. Like, how can they get in contact with you? Well, if you're in Texas and you're thinking about just finding out more about estate planning, I, I offer complimentary consultations at my office, willsintexas.com. Like I've said it 700 times, that's where I am. And if you're interested in just finding out a little bit more about what I'm up to, I'm on Instagram at the just in case lawyer. I'm not sure if you know this. <laughs> yes. The just in case lawyer. I wish I, wish I had come up with a better moniker. I have better ones now, but a lot of them are taken. It's just like don't but I don't know if you know this. I'm signing with a literary agent because I'm writing a book about estate planning. It's going to come out next year. Hopefully, one of the big publishers will take it on. So if you know, That's awesome. Um, thank you. And so today, I'm signing my contract um, to be represented. It's an awesome agent too. I'm so excited. But I want to get the word out there to normalize estate planning throughout the United States, so that people don't think you have to be ultra wealthy or think that you have to have amassed a certain level of wealth in order to take care of themselves. Because there's always something you can do now. And if you're 18 and you have the capacity to make decisions for yourself, you need an estate plan. And that's the message I want to get out to the whole world. Well, certainly. Well, with that, we're out of time. So Ify, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial journey. Thank you so much for having me. What a great conversation. Yeah, certainly. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks. And that's all for now.